0: So I had a conversation with uh, Charlie Angus earlier in the week, NDP member of Parliament. I've known Charlie for many years. He represents timmins James Bay. And uh, it w- probably would be fair to say that Charlie and I don't, dis- don't agree on many political issues. He's center-left, I'm center-right. But over the years, we've learned how to communicate with one another, learned how to be friendly to each other, learned how to listen to each other, and learned how to just discuss. So then I look at our Parliament. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. Question period. MPs uh, on opposition parties and the government jawing at each other. You have members of parliament and the opposition asking the prime minister or the government questions they don't even answer. They come back with um, something that has nothing to do with the question that was asked. So Charlie sent me an email about the uh, situation in parliament. And he wrote, there are people of goodwill in every political party, but the toxic nature of politics is making these common grounds harder to find because when we step up to find a common solution, we get denounced as sellouts, et cetera, to those promoting ideology. Mr. Angus, how are you?
1: I'm good, my friend. I'm glad to be on your show. Well, I'm Once always glad again. to have you on the show. Yes.
0: And, you know, I, I think when we first got to know each other, we were somewhat irritable toward each other but we learned how to deal with that and and I actually look forward to your calls now.
1: Well Roy I think it is to, some, to to me a fundamental of democracy it's a fragile thing democracy and I'm learning more and more how fragile it is we take it for granted but it is really based on the notion that people of differing views can can agree on on a situation, there is a situation. So what do we do about it? Do we use this set of this toolbox or that toolbox? We argue it out sometimes, uh, and then we judge the results. But more and more, that's not how we apply politics anymore. We certainly, you see in Ottawa, I think, with parliamentarians, um, there's been a real dumbing down of debate. Uh, More and more, we live in the world of talking points. But what really then concerns me is that in the larger world more and more people are I think because of the Facebook worlds we're living in people are not even sharing a common sense of reality anymore they've got their own news feeds their own alternate media uh, sources and so we're getting further and further away from even being able to talk about well what is the problem if we don't can't even agree on the problem how do we agree on solutions.
0: Yeah, So, let me ask you this. Member of Parliament for how many years now?
1: 18 years.
0: Okay. So, has this paradigm changed during those 18 years? 18 years ago, when you were the rookie sitting in Parliament, did you have a sense that there actually is going to be some cooperative reality, that people would work with one another? Maybe the question period was going to be chaotic, because it's television and people get to watch a political party and they try to score points. But has it changed in the 18 years, Charlie? Is the kind of communications chaos we see during question period also present when MPs are not on camera inside Parliament?
1: Well, Roy, that's a that's a really important question because it goes in waves. There's times when we actually, across party lines, can do really important work. Um, I I think one of the high points of my career was working with Bob Zimmer, very hard right-wing Conservative chair, and Nathan Erskine-Smith, who's about as left-wing on the Liberal scale as you can get. And we worked very closely, Liberal, Conservative, New Democrat, when we were doing the investigation into the disinformation that's coming out of Facebook. Um, And I I think we're going to need to do a lot more about that question of disinformation. So it, it can work. I mean, there are members of Parliament from all sides that, we text each other we talk how do we get through this i think what's adding the pressure though is certainly and i just alluded to it is is the 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 facebook false worlds that we're we're falling into and more and more of our voters and our constituents are living in that to me has been the big change i could always go back uh, and talk to people and we might not agree but we we, we had common bases that common ground is really starting, I think, is disintegrating around us. And we're seeing that, Roy, with the, you know, the bot accounts, the, the trolls, the, the, the kind of virulent language that people use towards each other uh, online. And, and it echoes, I think, in Parliament now. I see par- certain parliamentarians playing with that. And, I, and I, to me, that's really dangerous ground we're playing with when we're living more and more in worlds of disinformation.
0: Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this question. Uh, I'll, I'll preface it by saying that I've seen a change in the tone of emails that I receive from listeners. Most of the emails are very cordial and uh, interesting, and we ex- I ex- answer as many as I can. But there are numbers of emails where people are just angry from the first word out. They're just mad. And my email address <laughs> hit the hit the page, I think. And then they, I I see emails saying, used to like you, but you've changed. Uh, Used to like what you did. Can you go back to being who you were? Um, What's the relationship between Canadians and their members of parliament? What kind of email and communications do you receive from the people of Canada? And I ask this because there's context here. You walked away from Twitter for a while because of that, because of communication. What's it like?
1: Well Roy um very much like what you're describing um, you know often my my relations with people are pretty cordial I am very op- I'm an open book my my phone's still in you know people know where to phone me uh, Facebook but you see these waves of anger and rage where you can actually talk to people um, people have said to me, you know, you've changed, uh, you're a sellout, you're now a tool of the either the capitalist state or the, the world economic forum, I mean, conspiracy kind of talk, but also the level of threat. Um, I've had three death threats in the last two weeks. In all my years in Parliament, I never, ever thought I would need security at my house. I mean, everyone knows where I live. But again, this kind of language that it's now okay to to use that level of threat. And, and I'll give you an example, Roy. I was I was trying to deal with some constituents about issues on the convoy. And I posted an article about a journalist who had said that they were taking their uh, CTV, they were taking their, um, their uh, dec- decals off their cars because they didn't want to be a subject of attack while covering the story. And a number of people said to me, well, if they didn't lie, they wouldn't have to worry about being beaten up. Wow. When did yeah. that become part of the public... Yeah. No, conversation that they don't you don't like the news so you can beat them up uh you hear that language now which you never would have heard five years ago 10 years ago 15 years ago it would have been i think people would have been so appalled they would have it would have stopped conversations everywhere now it's yes. people shrug
0: i uh, tweeted earlier that charlie angus was going to be on with this and there's well charlie you wouldn't be surprised at some of the things that have been treated but you know comments but i'll stick with the ones that make sense. Uh, thank you, Roy, for having a dialogue with someone with opposing views. Could you perhaps ask why the party line is so strong that MPs go against constituents or their own beliefs? Necessitating a house cleaning of MPs, this causes instability. All right, so that's, I'll go to the calls in a second. So that's the fundamental question from the caller, Charlie. But we're going through now a very important time and a very precarious time in the world. Russia's invasion of Ukraine. We'd like to think that our members of parliament, that all the parties can work together pragmatically on a solution and involving Canada. So we need to have that. We've just come out. I'm not sure we're out of it. But we've come out of the Emergencies Act that was introduced by Mr. Trudeau. So let's go back to the fundamental question. Um, this caller is asking, could you please ask why the party line is so strong that MPs go against constituents or their own beliefs, necessitating house cleaning of MPs? This causes instability. What do you say, Charlie?
1: Well, I mean, part of the way the parliamentary system is set up is it's set up along party lines. Um, I think you need to have people who can speak up on different issues, and there are MPs who do that. Uh, certainly, parties don't like that. They like discipline. But we're also. It's I see when someone stands up and, and maybe contradicts their leader, it suddenly becomes a big gotcha moment as well. and and the other parties jump on that. So some MPs are are less willing to do that. But I mean, I think there's you, been times like I, I would are say you one Roy, of those. MPs? Very, hello. hello?
0: Are you one of those MPs? It's hard. It's hard, isn't it? I mean, yeah. it's hard for an MP to jump all over the leader. I don't disagree. It's like working yeah. for a boss, right? You, you go into the boss's office and say, "I think what you're doing is wrong. You're a jerk." It's
1: well, not, not, I kind of, I, I, really. I, I kind of I, I work around it. I, I don't, I don't like challenging a leader because I think it undermines, you know, what we're doing. But Mm -hmm. if I take a position, it's because I believe it. Um, You know, sometimes, sometimes if it's an opinion, sometimes if it's not that important to me, uh, you know, I'll listen. We we always listen to our critics whose job it is. We, you know, every party has critics who have responsibilities, but I I, I like to kind of chart out where I'm going on stuff and and let people know and, you know, and then I hear where, where people are going back. But I'll say, Roy, about constituents, When I one of the things I learned is that people say they don't like lying politicians, but people also want to hear what they want to hear. Um, sometimes when you tell something, someone what they don't want to hear, but you think it's the truth, sometimes that's what makes people say, well, you're a lying politician, I don't trust you anyways. Yeah, I'd rather okay. tell you the truth uh, and okay. say, listen, guys, I'd love to do that, but I don't think it's right.
0: Let me get a caller on the air, Charlie. I think one of the default position when you take a seat in the House of Commons as a, as a member of Parliament is you, you just generally assume that 80% of the population thinks you're lying as soon as you start talking. So that's the, that's the image that you have to overcome just as you're beginning your career. John is in Kelowna, British Columbia. John, thank you for the call. Go ahead with your question or point, sir.
1: Yeah,
0: I just think, uh, I mean, with the last two years, people are scared you know, people are upset, they're tired and everything. And uh, sometimes they look at the internet or something to try and find answers because they
1: feel like maybe CBC or someone
0: just hasn't given them enough information. And sometimes uh, they get called conspiracy theorists. And I think that's the wrong thing to do because they're just a person trying to find out information. And it's so easy to be a liberal or, uh, you know, somebody else. And depending what you know, position you win, the other side is going to take the other position. I, I think people are just trying to find out information. They should not be called any conspiracy theorists, okay. and, okay. and people should be asking questions. Everybody. Yeah. Thank you for the questions. thank you for the call, John. You're absolutely correct. People should be asking questions, and that's what question period is all about. Bernie is in Bramford, Ontario. Bernie, thanks for the call. Hello, Bernie. Bernie, Bernie, Bernie. Yes, hello. Yes, sir. Go ahead, Bernie.
1: Yes, yeah, so I heard you mention Facebook, disinformation on social media, this sort of thing. I
0: think some of the dysfunction in our parliament, um, and also in our society now, it has to be laid directly at the feet of our prime minister. His language and rhetoric has been appalling, even threatening at times. So I think the buck stops with the person at the top. So that's a very interesting point. So, so Charlie, you hear Bernie make his point, and he's pointing mm-hmm. to Mister Trudeau. You're a senior member of the NDP. You're an eighteen year member of Parliament. What's it like? How is it tricky? Is it um, difficult? Is it something that has to be carefully thought out? If you're a member of Parliament and you challenge the Prime Minister of the country directly, is or is it just you know is it um just any question anytime uh, as soon as question period starts? How does it work?
1: Well, Roy, I think um, both calls, I think, got to the heart of something. I mean, people are frightened. We are dealing with the biggest medical disaster in the last hundred years. None of us have any sense way of even imagining this. And I would say in the very first months of COVID, I thought the prime minister did a great job. He came out every single day. He explained what was happening. Uh, Parliament went to this hybrid model where we actually were able to push a lot more questions to individual ministers, and we were supposed to be focused on is what are we, what's the response to the pandemic? Uh, and I thought there was a lot of social solidarity. I thought I saw that at the provincial levels as well. Um, so I think when people were frightened in the first part of the pandemic, we didn't know what we were dealing with. I would give Mr. Trudeau pretty strong marks as i gave a lot of the premiers but as this thing dragged on and on and on uh i f- i found that leadership was lacking and it was lacking certainly at the provincial levels and i think when omicron hit i mean it hit yeah. us like a baseball oh, okay. bat so so, so and i don't think prime that's charlie we didn't I, I don't it.
0: think that's what bernie's getting at here oh you maybe, but i think bernie's talking about when the prime minister becomes um verbose insulting toward yeah. canadians Is that what you're saying, Bernie? Absolutely. he was threatening, even he used terms like what are we how long are we going to tolerate these people? Well, there was a time in history, not that long ago that another man said things like that. and it's outrageous to me that he wasn't called out by his own party for se. Hey, Bernie, I thank you for the call, and people are going to say, you just hung up on Bernie because you didn't want to hear want to hear what he had to say. No, I have forty five seconds left. Mr. Angus, go with you yours, please.
1: Well, well, Roy, I think the Prime Minister did blow it. I think there's a lot of blame for what happened with this convoy, the lack of leadership, the lack of basic rules that would have had a protest be a protest. Um, I think his language got way over the top um, when a leader is supposed to lead and calm things down. So, yeah, and I think, I think we all have to learn from this. We, we all have a, have a responsibility, but we are in a tough time right now. We're still coming out of... Covid, okay. and now we got a war with Russia. Okay. So, I would like to think that we can go back into Parliament and put Canadians first. I still believe that, Roy. I'm, I'm a bit of an idealist. I'm a bit. I know I'm naive, and I, no, I, I people are probably not believing me. But I think we've got an obligation here.
0: If you want to hear more, subscribe to the Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites.